Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Uh, Joe, uh, Nick Damon is down in the pit lane. Yes. Now, there's an opportunity to, for you to do a Gene Kelly number here. Ah, uh, if only. If only. Uh, yes, we, we do have the, the lightest of precipitation. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of just kind of almost, it's not even spitty, it's like falling out of the sky like, like angels' tears. It's not in any way uh, doing anything more than that, but it is, it, it's got that constellation. One thing that's really interesting is that the, uh, the, Penske, the Porsche Penske team um, went very quickly and got themselves a set of wet tyres from out the back, and they're currently pressurising them now. Now, they, of course, have got a radar, so perhaps they can see more than this, because this, this at the moment, whilst it is consistently coming down very lightly, it's going to do nothing. It's going to melt off the track immediately. But um, it's even, it, I would say at this point, it hasn't even got to the point of psychological radio on a motorcycle. But you know, he needs to go up, a, a, up at one level of intensity, and it could absolutely throw the cat amongst the pigeons. So, would you still be leaning over the thousand RR at this point, Nick, or are you already standing it up as if Miss Daisy is sitting on the back? Well, I, I would like to say thank you for assuming I'd ever lean it over. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm still in, I'm still in lean mode at this point, but it's it's gonna it's, it's gonna change quite soon. I think the fires is getting damp. Right. Okay, Nick. Nick well, Damon down there in the pit lane. No one's told the drivers that because they go no. pretty much as quickly as they were before. Actually, they were they were doing 37s, but they all did 30. Pretty much all did 38s. 1 minute 38 on that last lap, so they might have lost a little bit of pace, but certainly nothing significant yet. But that is certainly something to keep an eye on. The California kid has just arrived. The original California kid, as we're just over 10 hours into this race, and Pat Long has joined us. Hey, John, nice to see you. I saw you next door in race control. Not sure what you were trying to influence there earlier on. Was that where you were just taking a, a group through there, or you? I was uh, just trying to distract you, trying to get you off your game. No, we were um, we're on a special project, a scouting project for um, a Apple. Uh, we'll say it's something you can watch on your screen. Movie or television? Yes. Is this anything to do with the fact I saw Mr. Bruckheimer around uh, yesterday? That would be now. Um, possibly. No, comment. Possi- uh, no possibly. He, said, he said possibly. possibly. I like that. Well, do you know what? That actually, that pleases me very much that you're involved with that. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, this is. it's been about a year since I've been properly working at the racetrack, and it's nice to be back in some of these projects uh, you know, when you're focused on driving, you, you get drawn into it, but you have to switch it off at a certain point. And this week's been uh, fun in a lot of ways. I mean, working with Trent and Estep, uh, Kai Van Berlo on the on the racing side, and then uh, some of these special projects like uh, what you saw me up to earlier. I'm sorry I can't say more, but, um, hey, I just follow well, we the directions. Sh- no, come on. We, we um, Look, when, when my partner and wife is, is business partner and wife is Eve Hewitt, who is right into her movies... We hear all of that sort of thing. As the rain is just getting a little bit heavier, uh, by the way, at the moment, uh, that we follow all of that. So we've seen some of the things that that might be uh, going on, and we'll, we'll let us, let's see how that develops. And maybe you and I can have a chat about that on Midweek Motorsport in a in a few weeks' time. Um, how about this? Uh, how about this new era of motorsport and GTPs? Then, Do, uh, 
are you you're coming out of retirement aren't you you'll just you'll dust off the old uh, Porsche Penske overalls because believe it or not this GTP's got the uh, the engine is that is based on the engine you had in the RS Spider yeah it's super cool to see that the the engine also from the 918 streetcar correct I mean, this car is this this engine has served as well in so many ways but no love watching this GTP stuff I just actually came from a few doors down with Greg Penske and Bug Denker from the Penske organization and uh, so cool to see so many of the people that I worked with in the RS Spider program still uh, at the mast and at the helm uh, of Penske and to have Porsche and Penske Motorsport back together it was an exciting start to the race I watched oh, it a couple it? levels down from here in the hospitality and uh, I was glued to my seat it was a uh, really interesting i've never watched the racing from over here i've visited you a couple times but never sat down in the in the hospitality area were you in the porsche house were you yeah how good is that yeah by the it's, way a great setup. it's a great look indeed cadillac zero two richard westbrook uh, has uh, just done a 221 so that's a he bit must, slow he must have had a spin i think yeah i think you're right uh, what's this track like Part when it starts to get wet, particularly at this time. I mean, it's not freezing cold. It's still 66 Fahrenheit, 18 degrees centigrade uh, Celsius, rather, on on the track. How how? What do you feel when it's starting to get marginal? Yeah, the banking's not too bad if it's just a light spit, as it looks like now. But the infield can be pretty treacherous. Um, anytime we're in the night and uh, the ambient temperature drops, the track temperature drops, uh, the car just doesn't turn in or stop. You leave the pit lane, uh, you come out into turn three, and it, it almost feels like you're going to go straight into the wall on the outside of turn three. So, yeah, they'll see it on their windshields. Um, the first instinct the driver t you know, tells themselves is just keep on it. Keep the tire pressure up. Keep the 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 temperature of the tire up and drive through it but it does really uh your conscience starts to ask you how's it going to be this next corner when you're coming up out of uh as we see here into turn five uh, you've still got an awful lot to do with porsche as an ambassador of course big year for them this year 75th anniversary 60th birthday of 9 11 uh, as well of course this is a massive year for porsche it is and uh, of course rent sport at the end of september I'm so, pleased you so that yeah it, there's a lot going on um i think it's really going to start to ramp up in june uh, as we look at the birthday and the celebrations uh globally um i've i've had phone calls from japan to poland uh obviously germany the u.s uh, but we're excited here in north america lots of activities as we get into q3 uh, after the summer quarter three yeah absolutely uh Back to uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca for Rensport. Again, it's a great venue. It works really well. Huge paddock. You can get everything in. The historics, the, the moderns. Can you let us into any little secrets of what might be planned there? Um, th there I don't have to be cryptic. I don't know much yet. Um, I'm on some <laughs> of the planning commissions. I've uh, been on, on some of the f uh, different phone calls. And I can tell you it's full steam ahead. Um, they were planning all the way back into 22, yeah. um, full steam ahead. Um, Aisha, uh, who's uh, our vice president of marketing, is here uh, watching the race this, this weekend, and yeah. she's very much at the helm, and it's awesome to listen to her lead uh, the teams out of Atlanta and PCNA. Can we expect quite a lot of 9-11 content, then, because of its birthday at Rensport? I would assume so, yeah. um, but I promise you, um, this one I'm not playing poker. 
it's um, there's going to be so much. I mean, rent sports tractor these days. Yes, yes. There's the tractor entry is officially open. Oh, is it right? Um, so that one was a lot of fun in 2018. Uh, standing start Lamar style, as that you was saw, mega front straightaway and racing a tractor. Myself, I, I had two tractors entered. My dad was also racing in one. <laughs> uh, we were both in the juniors, which is a single cylinder. Uh, so not a lot of acceleration, but it was a lot of smile. Super design. I, I know far more about Porsche tractors than I really ever thought I would do after that. Really super design because it was a modular engine that you could just bolt another cylinder on. So you had single, twin, or triple, um, depending on what you, the tractors were being used for. Really, really clever. Oh, really hope to see see that again. I think we're going to have a wee bit of involvement in that by the time we come to uh, round to September when that's coming on. And, and from your own point of view, Luftgekult, how's that been going? Uh, Luft is doing really well. That's, um, by the way, for those who don't know, that's the celebration of air-cooled Porsches. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a lot of my day-to-day -day is running my own brand, and um, we have a year-round uh, apparel business as well as a big annual gathering, um, 48 of 50 states, 23 countries. People travel in from all far and wide, and it's fun because so many people know them each other through social media but uh, getting to meet up once a year at our event it's it's been a lot of fun and uh, we still got to get you to a u.s one we've had you to the uk version you were you were kind enough to invite me and and one of the cars uh, that i am i never say we own the porsches i always feel as though i'm just a custodian of it before i pass it on to to someone else we brought the 993 2s uh, to the UK one and, and had a, a fantastic time. How's Jeff Swap, by the way? He's doing really well. Um, he was here for the roar, actually. Uh, here we oh, go. A little missed. bit of action at the oh, edge side of Side by side, uh, Risi Ferrari um, with a bit of a hip check coming out of the international horseshoe. Seems to have got away with it. That was fairly robust, Jeremy. It was, it's, bit, uh, wasn't it? Still more than half the race to go. That was the... Uh, NTE Sports Lamborghini, I think, wasn't it? The car number 42. Yeah, both cars coming back from yeah. earlier problems. Yeah, Alessio Deleda driving that car at the moment. The team's been very impressed by Alessio. He's done a lot of uh, open-wheel racing without much success, but he started off kind of kind of well behind the eight ball. I don't think he did any karting at all, and then sort of worked his way rather quickly, perhaps too quickly, up the racing ladder. He was racing in F2, mm. I think. But he, last season he raced in the DTM with the Grass and Lamborghini squad, and and the Lamborghini asked Paul Matter at NTE Sport whether they had an opening for him. And he said, yeah, sure, if, you're, if you think he's a good customer. And Paul Matter's been very impressed by him. He's, he said he's got a really good attitude. He's working really hard. Um, he's uh, t you're just getting quicker and quicker as well. So that's all you want, isn't it? That's what, at this stage in the game. Do you miss the driving, Pat? Do you miss these big events? Um, I'm... I still drive quite a lot, but racing at this level is now behind me. The chapter's closed. Uh, I don't look out here uh, this weekend and think, oh, man, it's just burning me up to be outside. Interesting. I, there's so many other things that I want to do around the sport and around the brand with Porsche, and I'm finally getting to focus on those. So I'm grateful for uh, the two decades with driving at the factory team, and now I'm ready to you know, get on with it and, and do a lot of other things. Would you like to have a go in the GTP car, though? Yeah, yeah, I, I would. And I, I put I put a few uh, few little hints in some pockets Good, this weekend. Excellent. Uh, probably be more from a journalistic approach of than course. it would be from anything competitive. So, um, but yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see how it feels. I was watching the start of the race, and it seems like the cars change direction a little bit different than the predecessor, um, you know, GTP or or LMP1 cars. So it it looks a bit more tricky to drive, actually. 
Pikes Peak. In a 963. Who said that? Mm. <laughs> what do you think? That would be wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, wild would that, be the word, that I That would think. be uh, a very... Oh, we'd have to do a body kit for it, though. We'd have to do a high downpost body kit for it. Yeah, and a bit of ride height <laughs> adjustment. I, I think so, possibly. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that one to Mr. Zwart. I'd be a Mr. rookie Electric. at the mountain. I'd, I'd probably be better off in a 200-horsepower uh, um, SC. <laughs> Add an extra motor to the front, make a four-wheel drive. Okay, need to have a word with Mr. Sport and see what we can do yeah. about that. I've, I've never been as scared as I, 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 in my life as just driving up in the uh, Jeep Cherokee hire car. Actually, coming down was even worse, I think, than going up. I have no idea how anybody does that at speed. You just can't think of anything else. Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, what we're talking about, uh, one of the world's oldest uh, motorsport uh, events going back to 1917, I think, something like that. Yeah, um, so yes, well over the centenary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah, yeah. Same well, you were there. Were you there for the centenary? That when? It was yeah. a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the event, um, and being at being at altitude has its advantages. I've I felt as fit as a fiddle when I came home after being there for ten days. I have to say, understand why the uh, American Olympic team have their their base just at the the foot there. Yeah, that would. Uh, that, that's an. Int- I'm, I'm now beginning to work on a concept for a 963 Pikes Peak contender. I like it. I remember talking to J.R. Hildebrand, and he was yeah. pretty hard on an IndyCar oh, yeah. project yes, there. He was. Yeah, that he would was. be wild to see as well. But you know, when the grip is that low and it, it's bumpy and treacherous, arrow and, uh, and a low CG is important, but not so much is is actually just grip. I mean, I saw the weather last year, and it oh, was. was- blizzard at the top of the hill so i don't know how these cars would really love that i wonder <laughs> if you could save the hybrid for when you get up high as well might require a little bit of re reprogramming because the electric doesn't care how high you are whereas the internal combustion sure. engine does i mean it's so high it finishes at fourteen thousand feet by the way if you don't uh, no ladies and gentlemen starts at nine and a half thousand feet uh, and some of the drivers take oxygen up there you, you can't feed oxygen into the car just what you're getting there so the air is so rarefied at the top that you lose an awful lot of power from the ICE car it's an amazing event yeah no, just, a, just a quick quick random note here the, the, the last last lap around all the, all the top six cars in GTP were all in the 38s mm-hmm. uh, including the BMW ah. uh, which is running at the, at the moment it, it's not losing much ground let's put it that way well, uh, and, and it, even the 25 car that had its problems earlier on um and, and change that that hybrid bundle, the hybrid kit. Um, I think it's it, it's it's been running fairly well, and it hasn't yeah. actually lost any more ground to the leaders than, than when it came out of the pits, Jeremy. No, and it's it's best the best lap that that car has turned is a one minute thirty six point well point zero zero zero. Uh, the best lap by our race leader Jack Aitkins, a one thirty six point four, i.e. quicker. How exciting and challenging for drivers is it? Pat, to be involved in a project that is you know, ground up. I realise there's some spec parts in this, but in, in point of fact, that has been part of the challenge, integrating everything together. And it's clear, I think, for all of us, even if we're not technically minded, to see that, that these cars are, are not exploiting all of their performance yet. We're, we're just chipping away, taking the very low-hanging fruit at the moment. And that must be great for a driver. Yeah, I've spoken to a few of the drivers on the Porsche Penske project, and I have to be honest with you, uh, I saw a little bit of frustration in their eyes at certain times. I was back here uh, in September when there was a test, and 
everybody knows there's been some uh, challenges um, on, on getting these things to run well and some supplier issues. And I could tell that they just want to drive. They want to get on with it. They want to feel these cars at their, their raw edge. But it looks like that's happening now, um, finally, here at the race. And hopefully they're reliable all the way to the end. But, yeah, it's interesting to think about the base engine of the RS Spider 2006, 7, and 8. Same block, but now much more displacement. And Plus that was a turbo. 3.6 then, wasn't it? Uh, 3.4, I think. 3.4. And now we're 4.6. 4.6, six. Yeah. With wow. turbo plus electric. So yeah. these things move, but I know a bit more weight, longer wheelbase, etc. Um, I was going to ask about the lap times you guys were discussing and those BMWs popping up. I had heard there's a couple different tire compounds. Yes. And maybe there's rotating some of that cooler weather compound in and it's playing into some hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, uh, could well be, uh, and it's certainly interesting to see, you know, how, well, just how the race is unfolding. I mean, the, the number 25 uh, car, Scott's had all sorts of problems, so that's really just on a test mission, isn't it, at this stage? I mean, they, they can't make any, any gains in the overall scheme of things here, but they can learn a heck of a lot for, for toward the future. And they could also so, provide data for the sister car. Well, quite. So in when to change tyres, I mean, yeah. if, the, if the rain did come, when's the crossover point? When's the crossover point back? When are you using the low temperature tyres? When are you using the high temperature tyres? Can yeah. you triple stint the yeah. high temperature tyres at this time? There's nothing to lose for that car at the moment. It's a rolling test bed. Right. Yeah, a lot to learn tonight. Yeah. You can definitely gamble. I mean, right at this stage in the race, and it's been the case for a long, long time, because the fastest laps were set a long, long time ago, but the only two cars in the 35s are the two Acuras. Uh, 135.6 for the number 60 car, 135.9 for the number 10 uh, Acura, and as I said, the number 24 car is in the 36.0, yeah. so that's right there. Pat, cast your mind back to the early 2000s when that RS Spider was being developed. What sort of development time is the Corvette is down low coming out at turn number seven and around speedway turn three and four this is the second place car in GT is that a right rear puncture part there do we think looks like it it looks a little low on the right rear but it could just be riding on the apron it looks like uh, Jordan's bringing it back around a little bit cautiously Nick Damon is waiting for that uh, car just a quick one. When you were developing the RS Spider, how long was that in development before it did its first race? Can you remember? Uh, I remember it debuting at the end of 2005 at Laguna Seca. I drove it shortly after that at Sebring. Um, it probably ran the full year yes. in development of 2005 and then debuted at the end of 05. So, so these cars, the, 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 the Porsche 963 is the car that's run the longest of this, and it was just rolling at this time last right. year. Yeah. Um, considering the complexity of this car and the fact that the other manufacturers haven't done anywhere near had that car the cars anywhere near that amount of time this is quite extraordinary in terms of a compressed development time for these gtps yeah absolutely and their pace is uh, awesome so there's a lot a lot that still uh develop and and unravel maybe we're going to see what happened here with the three car so coming to the west horseshoe and already having a bit of a wiggle at that point now heading up onto the high banks gets passed by the court of gtd car and there's already a problem there coming out of turn six doesn't even go up onto the high banks all right so quite a long way to come back for that corvette then with jordan trying to get it back indeterminate problem at the moment it is continuing down below the double yellow line 
on the flatter part of the apron. And uh, this, ah, well, there's a tyre carcass lying out on the track somewhere. And my father, God rest his soul, many years of police detective, would say, that might be a clue, that son. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like where the car wiggled was it right at the center of turn five. Um, the 32 car went by him pretty quickly after that. So I'm going to guess that there might have been a little bit of contact, contact. that with, help, helped with that right rear because that would have been the unloaded side when it did give up. Nick Damon. Well, they got the, uh, you say the right rear has gone, but it's also started milling away slightly at the... Uh, some metal shavings came off that, so it's, it's been some milling on the from that tyre, so they've done a little bit of damage to the wheel well, not a huge amount, so there's a good bit of driving there. We have had also now the uh, complete tranche of uh, the P2 car. That's for our favourite viewers, yeah, that's the uh, Corvette leaving uh, in an angry way. All oh, right, the, what actually happened was, is the actual wheel was beginning to, to break in half. There's a huge score out of the middle of the wheel. Now, not quite sure how that happened. I suppose it, it must have actually bumped down onto the ground it was just on the edges, but that's a, that's a wheel that's going to have to go in the bin or be sold as a souvenir. But we're having all the top drive, top teams from uh, P2 come in. They've all stopped. Uh, no one seems to have had a problem, but I can't actually tell you offhand who's changed drivers and who hasn't. Nick, did they change just that tyre no, no, there? No, 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 all of them. All right, OK. I was so busy watching the, the wheel coming off. Alan Prosser asking, uh, th says this might be a stupid question. Alan, there's no stupid questions. We'll find the answers. Now the teams are allowed to use the cooler tyre compound. Can they mix compounds on the stint, soft fronts and hard rears or left and right? It's, it's my understanding that you have to use the full sets. The SLT being the low temperature tyres. There's got 12 sets of those. The harder tyre... The SHT, they've got nine sets of those. Now, they have been, remember, part of their allocation was used during the roar as well, and we don't know what that situation is. I've had some numbers uh, from some teams. They used, um, certainly the GTD teams were looking at using nine of their potential sets or leaving themselves late 20s uh, for the race if they could uh, for the race week rather if they could at IMSA Radio if you want to get in in touch with us Pat Long is with us uh, with us here on the fifth floor as we look down across Daytona International Speedway now getting into the tough part of this race in terms of, of drivers Pat because you've been up since probably 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock this morning we're now moving in fact into Sunday we've just gone through into Sunday morning guys are going to come back in an hour or a couple of hours time start driving at two o'clock in the morning for a, a couple of hours that cannot be easy no that's not that's the one stint you don't want you'd rather <laughs> have the late shift and be in the car right now drive till one in the morning or something and then get a few hours of sleep before the sun starts coming up or be on the other end of it and get a few hours right now being in put in around 5 or 6 a.m. But, yeah, that 2, 3 a.m. shift is a tough one because you've not really gotten much rest if you did get any. I was going to say, could you, you know, if so if you were finished at, say, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, could you get some sleep before you went in at 2 o'clock in the morning? 
Yeah, later on, um, I did 18 of these races, and I would say the first uh, six or seven was a bit bumpy. But once you get into your rhythm and you understand what you really need to get accomplished between your stints, you manage your time much better. Uh, all of your stuff is in one place. You know your resources that are available. And that's one thing I was really working with uh, my two young drivers this week, uh, Kai and Trenton. They both raced this race once before, I believe, but there was a lot to go over, a lot to get them thinking about. And it wasn't like I came to them last night and asked them, where are you going to be? How are you going to do this? We started talking about this at the Roar. Uh, we went back over it on Thursday morning. Kai is great. He takes lots of notes. He's a quick study. Uh, he's a detail-oriented driver, and I love that. Uh, I only want to be here working with these young drivers if uh, they really want to take the input. And Jeremy, you know, uh, sometimes youngsters think they have it all figured out, but uh, both Kai and Trenton have been really good to work with. Yeah, yeah I'd be very impressed with... I've known Trenton t since he started out in Formula Ford, well, F1600 cars, actually up in Canada. Uh, but a uh, really talented young guy, and uh, I'm, th you know, I'm, I'm so pleased that somebody like Mark Kwame has taken him yeah. under his wing and really given him these fantastic opportunities. He's had a few opportunities in the past and, and always taken full advantage of them. Does that, so that sort of forward planning, Pat, does that include... You know what you're eating, what you're drinking, when you're doing that, and that there's no one size fits all for for that. People always used to think, oh, carb up, but you know that's maybe not the the best thinking nowadays. Yeah, uh, a lot of what I talked to them about was balance, um, eating what their stomach is used to. Don't rethink things. If you're going to try Very a different good. drink or a different diet, don't do it uh, the morning of the race. Um, but Very also good. write down uh, what you've been consuming um, and really keep a log of it because over a 24-hour period, I think some of these drivers will consume six to 8,000 calories. I mean, more than double what a normal day would be. And the time zones sort of all blur into one. So you get to three in the morning and you can't really remember how many dinners you've had at that point. So it's interesting <laughs> to have a running log of that and really just to think about it as calories, energy out, energy in and eating enough. Uh, another thing is timing. If I, I mentioned to Kai, if you eat at 5 p.m., but you don't get in the car till seven and then the strategist says you've got a three hour stint, you really don't want to be to the end of a triple stint five hours since your last meal so you need to eat a little closer it's it's sort of the uh, inverse thinking of oh don't eat too close to jumping back in the swimming pool i'm sort of in the thought process that 30 40 minutes before you get in the car at least have a, a sandwich or something on the pit lane yeah. uh, just to kind of eat even before you're hungry it's just the opposite of of not eating too close to going to bed exactly yeah okay yeah. i get that yeah. i get i mean it's we don't have to expend as much energy up here on the fifth floor in the booth but it, it, there's kind of a similar thing where you've got to work your way through and, and know what works for yourself. I try to stay off coffee early in the week and only drink coffee when I really need it. Um, otherwise, it doesn't have any effect and you just end up loading up on coffee and, and that has other, other issues about dashing to the loo every, every five minutes. Um, coming down to 13 and a... A half hours. What else has this year got planned in part? What else have you got planned? There seems plenty going on with your, your Porsche duties. Does that leave you enough time for your family time? Yeah, the family time's been great. I mean, I, I think I'm working more hours and, and harder than I did as a racing driver, but I'm spending um, many more nights in my own bed. So I like to be close to home. Uh, youngsters are four and seven, no. and, uh, both in school. And uh, my wife, Lauren's at home with them right now and really enjoying that. Um, but, yeah, certainly the balance is, is coming along. This doesn't look good. 
This is the Corvette uh, back in again. Pat, thank you very much indeed for being with us. We're going to head back down to Nick Damon. We'll find out more about that, what project we can watch on the telly or on the movie screen with Pat in the coming months, I'm sure. Nick, what's going on there? Is this a brake change? Well, what happened, as we said, is that the, the actual wheel got punctured during the uh, drive back with the flat tyre, and it was, I, mean, I said it was milled some metal off somewhere. I thought it was from the wheel, but apparently it's gone through and they believe it's contaminated. Uh, the brake, the di rear disc brake, so they've actually just done a, uh, a single change on the right road. They certainly haven't done the left as well, but they had done the right. I think they've actually, they've actually done them both to, for balance. They put a new pair of uh, rear uh, discs on, but not because they're worn out. Not because they're worn out in any way, but entirely because uh, they fit. Yeah, in fact, if you look at it, if I, I look at it, the, uh, the, the disc they've taken off was very heavily rubbed away on its uh, lower, its upper back side. So if you look at the, you think about how it's fitted, because it's fitted at the front of the wheel, it's been worn away at the top of, the top of it. So it's a, definitely a very wise precaution to replace that disc, because uh, it was uh, heavily damaged. Caliper, sorry, the caliper was heavily damaged, sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Uh, sorry, Chris, I've just seen your note coming in to ask Pat if there's any Luftgekühlt events planned again for the UK. Has he just stepped out? Yes, he has. Oh, no, he's still there. Pat? Oh, no, he's gone. We'll get hold of him. We've had one at uh, Mr Heritage, and when we were there talking uh, about that, um, we identified another couple of places where we might go in the UK, so I'll keep you posted on that, on... Uh, Midweek Motorsport as well. Uh, Nick, you have the uh, Cadillacs from Whelan and the 0-1 Cadillac Racing I machine. I do. I do. The, uh, the Whelan car did not take tyres, whereas the 0-1 uh, Ganassi Cadillac is taking tyres. My guess is other thing. If, yeah, there's a driver change as well in that number one, two. Um, we've also had the, the two Tardy uh, hybrids, the 25 BMW, which has had the problems early on with the energy store, and the number seven uh, Porsche Penske has also had trouble with the energy store, but they're now uh, running up to speed, as Jeremy's been telling us, but they are... Well, oh, now, why is the 01 Cadillac just stuck there? That was a very slow getaway. It was pointing in a certain direction before it decided to go, so they lost a few seconds there, and that caused... This is a green flag stop. It's actually second. Yep. Have we got to the bottom of what the CA is on the side? I thought it was just an errant message on the the side of the uh, the cars it's only ever on one side i've seen it in various different cars on various different classes but i i, I now know that i am not seeing things and several other people have tweeted in yeah i, I agree with you I, I i i don't know i'm more important i actually don't know who to ask i'm not sure who runs the that, that point if it was a creventic i know the guys who run the number boards i could have asked them um <laughs> well we can get them to put anything on the creventic number yeah, boards yes, and we can. have done in the past <laughs> to much amusement yeah here's the the this is the uh, the six uh porsche Pensy 963 this is the car that's obviously running at top speed matt jamine and, and the team this is like a pretty standard stop what's, what's it? <coughs> a little bit of fiddling in the uh uh cockpit there, I think they may, they may have been getting the uh, memory stick out again, in has come the 24 BMW the I can tell you why the one stopped, because the fuel hose wasn't properly out yeah. as they took off, they're going to get a penalty for that, and in fact they've got a drive through fortunately the crew member on that uh, 
bounced. Looks like he's all right. But that uh, 0-1 car will come through the pit lane again, and that might cost them the lead lap, actually. We've also got the Conoco Melody car. That's been in and out, so that's a very good stop for the number 10. Uh, in the background, uh, the blue Cadillac comes in. It's the O2. The O2, and that is a full service, a driver change, and yes, yeah, a full service for the 02. All these are green flag stops, of course, so uh, if you make an error and do a drive-through, it's, uh, you don't get it back again. That's time it's gone until potentially you may have a chance later on. Now, this is very, very busy because it's the, the, the interesting now, we, we now know that on a pure run, the, uh, the GTPs and some of the some of the uh, GTDs, who begin with a G, you seem to have the same sort of length of run. The WeatherTech car's back in again. Uh, the 79 Mercedes, and that of course had a problem last time in the front right. They're not concerned about that. They did spend a lot of time, they spent a lot of time staring at the wheels. Oh, Bamber getting into the 0 2. Zero 1 is rolling through for its. Oh, that fired up early. That was, that was the Merc, yeah. All oh, right, okay, that. So the 0 1 of Richard Westbrook. A 60's been through. Uh, Scott Dixon, excuse me, rolls through and he's fortunate actually because Colin Brown's just come into the pit lane in the number 60, otherwise he would have lost the lap there yep. the, the, on that drive through. So Colin Brown coming into the pit lane in the leading Acura in the number 60 MSR car now has just kept the 0-1 car on the lead lap. Yeah, Colin, Colin Brown has taken that pit stop and uh, he actually on the way in, Colin Brown had set a purple sector, best best sector two and best sector three of anybody and those are the, well No, I, I think that de I think that does that not default to his best times? Possibly, my mistake, my mistake on the way uh, in, yeah. My mistake um, he's, he's already out by the way Yep, on his outlap now uh, Colin Brown uh, I think you were you, you were given uh, given poor Pat a bit of a hard time there, John, asking all the hard hitting questions, getting a, get seeing what he was uh, seeing what he's up to. Well, got to. I like that how he admitted. He says, "I'm not playing poker now because I don't I just know." Don't Does that know. mean he was before? <laughs> Great to hear from him as I, well. Uh, yeah, I've known Pat for a very long time, as has Jeremy, and I I think. History will probably judge him as one of the all-time greats, all-time yeah. great American international road racing drivers. I, I, I agree. I think missing out by a whisker on the Red Bull F1 program might have been the because on the next day, I mean, he went to went out with Nico Rosberg that night to try and drown his sorrows, and the next morning he got a call from Vysak to say we would like to speak to you and he and he told me he says when I went through the pearly gates of Vysak I never looked back yeah. so so what happened oh yeah there was absolutely breakdown of communications and this is this is why this is why I don't like fueling and tyres at the same time yeah because all you've got to do is have a slight breakdown in communications and when the car drops or the driver fails the car on the ground they drop the clutch and they go. Except you don't drop the clutch anymore. A horrible. Well, uh, you release the clutch with your little yeah. finger or however. Well, you actually, actually, we, no, you just hit the gas pedal. You hold the clutch in as the car drops down. You hit the accelerator, which activates the MGU, 
So you drive out an electric ah, right. car, and then and then you let go of the clutch when and it, it gets to a certain starts, speed, and it bumps starts. Yeah. Wow. Of course. But, yeah. It, 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 it gives it kind of horrible um, memories of uh, 2007 at Mid Ohio with uh, Jonesy, uh, with the Deferent team. The yeah. Same thing, you know. The driver get, driver just gets told go, and then the, the fuel hose is still in. And luckily, Jonesy made sure. a recovery and continued to work. I was with right Deferent, across the track great. from that, and yeah, we had remember, uh, yeah, uh, we had Kelly and Lindy in the pits back in those the LMS days, and so they were both very close to that. And uh, Lindy Thaxton reverted to her news gathering days and gave an absolutely splendid report of that. I always remember. Remember Dick Gilles de Ferrin all pretty much in tears on television because he, he felt it was his team. You know, he felt resp- responsible. You know, it's uh, it's a uh, no. The, the the boys and girls in the pits they uh, they really they really are. They they work hard and uh, they they are in. In a, in a potentially dangerous position and uh, all the teams do everything they can and the, and the safety crew do everything they can to make sure we race as safely as possible so ca- car number three Corvette Racing, uh, they're on a bit of a recovery after that uh, after that puncture er- earlier on is this the first puncture we've seen in the whole field in the whole race, I can't remember another one but I've, I've seen that much racing in the last few days uh, you might be right. I think we may have had one very early on, but that was probably contacting induced, as I think that one was actually. We know that the Michelin ah. engineers will be having a look at uh, the carcass and what came back. So the three Corvette then trying to get a little bit of a draft. That looks like the Andretti car that was going by them. Trying to get a run past the JG Wentworth 66 gradient car. They're up to seventh position. Sheena Monk behind the wheel of that car her first gt3 and therefore first experience here on the high banks in the rolex and doing a very good job indeed here to learn but here to compete very confident young lady and i've been very impressed with how she's been working has had a a professional relationship with uh, Cat Leg for quite some time. Cat's been helping her along, and it's uh, it's worked out very well. Let's get back down to Nick Damon in the pit lane. More pit stops coming in now, including the second place car in, in LMP3. Well, we're actually, actually going to have a chat with the uh, with Alex Ribeiro. Just got out the third place GTD Pro car. Um, well, the Aston Martins are holding going well, aren't they? You got the, the leading in GTD and you're third in uh, Pro. So the the Aston Martin suiting the track at the moment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the car is holding up pretty well. Uh, the Heart of Racing crew is doing a phenomenal job. Every every single pit stop is le- just like clockwork. And, you know, it's still way, way too early to get excited. So, uh, as I said before, this is all about, you know, getting the, the time to cope, to go by and stay out of trouble, take care of the car, take, off, take care of the tires. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all about being smart. Uh, once we see the sun again, uh, we can start to think about uh, attacking and, and thinking about something a little bit bigger than that. But for now, it's all about, you know, burning, burning fuel, burning tires. How much is the car changing during the stint? Well, you know, it, it's, it depends on where you are on track. You know, when you are fighting, uh, you obviously have to make the tire work a little bit harder if you have to defend. 
also with the LMP3 cars, sometimes it gets a bit tricky. Uh, so when you have those type of uh, fights, the car definitely changes a lot. But when you are alone, then it's, it's pretty stable. Second 24-hour race for the Heart of Racing in a couple of weeks, being at Dubai. I mean, I mean what's up, how difficult is it to do two 24-hour races in a fortnight? Yeah, I mean, the team is, is doing a tremendous effort. Uh, coming straight from a 24-hour is like one of the hardest things to do, but everybody here is very passionate. Everybody is like a big family, so we all care for each other, work for each other, and this is exactly where we want to be right now. So it's all for a good, for a good cause. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Uh, incredible amount of money that's been raised down the years. I think the, the last time I was speaking to them about that, it was something over $7 million and rising. Uh, half the team got stuck in New Zealand during the pandemic. They couldn't get back. And uh, not the worst place to be no. stuck. Somewhere I've never been, actually. And it's on my bucket list uh, to go. Australia, okay. yes, but uh, New Zealand, no. It took me far too many years of my life to get down to that part of the world. They, do. they decided to uh, take up a bit of motorsport down there. They hooked up with a local drift competitor and did some racing themselves. And basically spun off the heart of racing down there and raised some money for local children's heart hospitals down there as well. Now we've got a, a lightweight number 93 this is the Acura NSX GT3 driven by Carl Marcelli in 7th position uh, and the reason it's lightweight is we can see um, places we should not be able to in that car <laughs> because the, the front cover is off where the bonnet should be uh, there is nothing oh. and that's the uh, racers edge motorsport machine is off course the number 43 that's the the MRS GT racing prototype and again that's under braking at the international horseshoe dare I suggest that that was an outlap yes it was for Sebastian Alvarez that is the lead car in class so that again is straight out of the pits so what is CE on the side of that? Is that when you've just come out of the pits? Calculating something or other. Both sides of the car now. Another Whoa. big lock-up by Alvarez on the front of turn six here. So three, five and six, Jeremy. Real danger areas on your outlap here. Yeah, and he came in. He was the last of those four cars on the lead lap in LMP3 to make his pit stop. He just came in then, out, as you say, out of the lead probably going to fall back into the fourth position but he's just you know, desperate to try and uh, you know, stay with those other three in the class it was number 17 car that was leading i think before that round of stops but only just uh, thomas merrill now at the wheel of the uh, number 17 awa car uh, and ahead of him on the road at the moment now and they've had a super battle for quite a long time is uh, joao barbosa in car number 33 so he leads for sean creech motorsports does Gerard Barbosa, Thomas Merrill in second position, just six seconds between them, and then Jared Andretti in the Andretti Autosport number 36 car is in third place, and Sebastian Alvarez uh, at the wheel at number 43 car is going to try and stay on the lead lap. Interesting. Coming back to Heart of Racing, they've uh, 
they've taken delivery of one of the Aston, Mal Aston Martin Valkyries, the oh, really? uh, super-duper hypercar with the uh, screaming Cosworth engine in the back of it. Um, had that, I think it's the AMR Pro as well, the track version. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's, I mean, it sounds biblical. Uh, Not eligible well. for any racing uh, as yet. Uh, I'm, I'm a... <laughs> I can imagine it breaks every noise limit in every uh, track as well. So, yeah, but uh, very, and it's painted in the heart of racing colours in their kind of matte, matte blue. It looks superb. Yeah, it looks really good. Where have you good. seen that? Uh, it was on social media. Gray Newell, um, uh, who's is the son of the owner of Heart of Racing, uh, you, you see on his Instagram quite a, quite a lot. Is he the owner, Jeremy? Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Um, so yeah, do I check that out on on, uh, on social uh, on social media? Uh, so wow. McLaren back to the front in GTD car number seventy, Marvin Kirschhofer, and they don't owe us a pit stop any more than anyone else. So uh, Inception Racing running really really well uh, in that McLaren 720s with the very stylish gullwing doors, scissor doors if you prefer. Call them butterfly doors. Oh, butterfly! Oh, that's a better one. Yes, it's almost like the car is doing ah. butterfly stroke in this one. Yeah. Uh, note from the infield from our friend Bluefiend, Porsche technician extraordinaire. Hello, Charles. Thank you for that. And the Sun Energy One AMG is coming out of the garage after an extended time away and in fact has left the pit lane with Fabian Schiller behind the wheel we have had a couple more retirements that we can tell you about Andrew Davis had that incident with the Kelly Moss 992 that is now officially a retirement and Renus VK in the number 11 the TDS LMP2 car is also a retirement that's added to the uh, Ligier, that's the uh, Ranch 74 car earlier on, and of course the Cetelar Ferrari, Robert, uh, Roberto Lacorte. So I, I reckon now that's four, Jeremy, that are properly out. Yeah, I thought it was Stephen Thomas driving the uh, TDS car when it went off over there. Uh, yes, I've, actually, that's a very good point. Oh. Uh, Nick says it came out again for a couple couple of laps. Oh. Hello to Mike's game. He's joined going? us on the fifth floor. How are you, fella? I'm very good. What do you reckon to our view up here? Oh, it's a pretty good spot. It's a little bit nicer weather, too, in here than the spotter stand up top. Oh, no, well, no. it's still pretty temperate outside. It's a, pretty, time yeah, it's a beautiful night, yeah, for sure. It's not quite as good as the view you've been having for the last uh, several hours, yeah, Mike. It's, it's, quite, it's pretty good. Say, yeah. And going well. Absolutely. Going well. I mean, you know. Knock um, on wood, yeah. Knock on something. Well, if it's not wood, it's formica. But <laughs> it's the thought that counts. Tell us tell us about the first getting on for half of the race then for, for Tim Korthoff and the, the AMG. Yeah, I mean, really can't complain. You know, we've had uh, a, a lot of time out front in the lead in GTD and uh, only a couple little close calls with some prototypes and stuff. But overall, very happy. And the, the guys have been doing a fantastic job on pit road, you know, regularly putting us back up front and, um, cars handling great. We're just trying to run through the motions at the moment. Generally speaking, how has the respect been out there? We've, we've just said there's only four cars. We, we're not talking about huge attrition rate. Only four cars are, are out. So we've still got 
what, 57 cars out there. That's a, that's a lot of traffic, isn't it? And there's bound to be some give and take. But how have you found it out there, generally speaking? Yeah, generally very good. You know, it. I think the, the problems that we see in the GTD cars are when we do restarts behind some of the P3s and they're getting, you know, taking their time getting up to speed and the GTDs are just running them over three wide, you know, and it, it creates some chaos. But even with that, uh, it seems like, yeah, like I said, knock on wood, most things have been going pretty well. The new GTP cars, sorry, Jeremy. No, no, no. The new GTP cars don't make their lap speed as the DPIs did. And we've noticed that they are perhaps a, a little less nimble coming in the corners. Does that affect how you've got to react when they're close to you? I think we're all still learning that timing a little bit. There have been a couple moments where I've tried to leave the door open thinking the prototype would go through and... Uh, you know, in previous years, they might have been a little bit more aggressive into the hairpins in the infield and stuff, and it seems like they're still maybe hanging back because they know their rolling speed's not quite what it was before. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, a work in progress for everybody. Do you notice how much faster they're going when they pass through at the end oh, of the yeah. straightaways? <laughs> uh, that part doesn't really matter too much to no. us. It's just please go on by and get out of my way and <laughs> move on. <laughs> We're told they're pulling over 200 miles an hour now, I which we haven't it. seen here. For, for quite a little while um, state of the track uh, it's been evolving all week we had all that rain at the raw and then we had a couple of splashes earlier this week but it's been pretty good today so a lot of mission and rubber laid down yeah the track seems pr pretty nice you know there's uh, times where you get a little bit of dirt here and there from people dragging it on but for the most part it's been really nice uh, even the bus stop is not too terrible yet you know the few yellows we've had the track workers have been out there blowing it off and stuff so uh, pretty good so far. I've actually been a little bit surprised that we haven't seen the times fall more this evening. You know, usually you get to nightfall. If it's nice and clear out, the times will get pretty quick. But uh, for the most part, we've seen pretty consistent pace here. So uh, we'll see if maybe it continues to get better as the, the early morning hours move on. So this morning when you all sat down in the trailer, and do you actually try and plan the race out and say this is what we're going to do and how quickly after the start of the race does that get torn up and you move to plan B, C, D and E? Yeah, uh, certainly you have to have a plan and hope to stay near it and for the most part we're pretty close to ours um, you know we kind of have an outline Cole Scroggum, our strategist down there in the pit box has been uh, you know, doing a fantastic job of playing out who's going in when so we have an idea at least and that moves around a little with the yellows but for the most part, we're on that plan, and uh, things are rolling along smooth. Guy, you know, all the drivers in the car are on the same page about trying to take care of the car, and not abuse it over curbs and stuff. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Double stint the tires? No, we haven't been doing that. Um, honestly, we we played with a lot, a little bit last year with the cooler temps, and even then, it didn't really seem to pay off. So, especially with the track condition we have tonight, I think we'll be doing tires pretty much every time. And have you got enough tires left to do that? Because obviously, the allocation has changed from last year. Yeah, to my knowledge, we do, but I, that's not my department. <laughs> okay. I don't think it has changed for, for GCD. I oh, think it's right. the same as last year. Right, 38 sorry. sets, I think, for the, right. oh, okay. the, thing, right. for the whole, whole thing. That's fine. So, what's the plan now then for the rest of the evening for you? We are, what, just after half midnight. Uh, as we've got the lead battle closing up a little bit, so we'll keep a, an eye on that at the front of GTD. Um, what, you know, when are you next in the car, and what do you do before you go in the car now? Yeah, so I should be back in around 3.30 or so, uh, and 
maybe get a little shut eye before then, but probably not much. Uh, and then I'll do at least another double, you know, sometime after sunup, and I should be done. Uh, and then Mick and Max will do a little bit more of the, the hours towards the end. They're getting a, the light load here in the first half, and we're, you know, Kenton and I have been doing a little bit more of it. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I should be done around 9 or 10 in the morning and watch from there. Is that harder than driving, just sitting and watching? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, uh, pretty new working with uh, Max and, and Mick, but really thrilled with them so far. We've all gotten along really well and been asking the same thing of the cars, and they, they've proven that they're very capable hands. So, uh, yeah, I have no doubt they'll, they'll do a fine job. Do you like to sleep? Uh, have a bit of a nap or, 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 or and or how easy or difficult is it to do so yeah i you know i do like to get a little bit although it, it you know it does take you a little bit of time to wind down and uh with this particular window uh, you know i've got maybe three hours total as we got to battle the prototypes um but yeah you know i don't have a big window to wind down get a nap and then get prepared again to go uh so you know i've i've probably only get a few minutes of shut eye uh, back in the team rv and then i'll be back up and ready to get in the car again so you don't have to leave the circuit that's the uh, that's the best part of that yep. so you we're all sharing a little mobile bachelor pad over there in the <laughs> rv i don't even <laughs> want to know what that's like by this time <laughs> probably not smelling so good at the moment no no i think we should leave that leave that to one side battle for the lead heating uh, back up as the number 60 acura with lots of lights flashing either side of the GTD cars. He got past him, didn't he? He got past. That was a change for the lead. That was the pass for the lead. That's Colin Brown. We know how quick that uh, Acura is. Video game style as Alexander Sims stayed to the bottom of the circuit. The Acura does seem to be able to go all the way to the top of the track. We saw it grazing the wall earlier on. Had to change the rear clip which includes the wing mounts on the outside because I think it was uh, Colin who was in it then it just grazed the wall up and speedway turns one and two he's very quick off the slower corners though so new leader that's a, another lead change but that car's been in the lead before coming up to the Sun Energy 1 number 75 that car's not uh, too long ago, come back from behind the wall up the inside of the GTD, number 12 it's the Lexus RCF, and now Colin has a little bit of breathing space where do you get to check your gauges and talk to the team only down the front stretch of the of the tri-oval? Yeah, a little bit, uh, you know between 6 and 7, uh, you know okay. on the way to the bus stop as well uh, it really depends on the radio traffic, though, you know, with the spotter talking with, about all the prototypes coming by and little bits and pieces with the pit box about what the car is doing or what strategy needs to be. Uh, you got to be really concise with the radio traffic. You know, do you like it, a lot of information? Some drivers do, some drivers don't. It certainly doesn't bother me. And, you know, I, I do ask for a little bit more information about, you know, who's around me. You know, do, should I feel safe? Should I push that kind of stuff to um, I think I've got a little too much strategy brain going on in the car sometime and i want to know a little bit more than other guys but um yeah I, I enjoy it and the big thing for sure here at daytona and a gtd car is you know listening to all the spotter traffic with prototypes going by constantly i mean you're pretty busy out there there's a, there's a lot going on that you, you've got to be concentrating on, on what's being told you of the radio you're looking out uh, you know, 
with the, the traffic you're with? Because in GTD, you're always in traffic in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Plus, you've got the prototypes coming fast. <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to let you get away. Coming down at the end of another hour here as well. Mike Skeen from the Team Court of Motorsports AMG. Uh, keep up the good work. Pass on our best to the rest of the team. Go well for the rest of the race. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Always welcome up here. Thank you very much indeed. Mike caught off. And uh, we're coming down to the end of a, another racing hour. And that means uh, a time for another in-race update with the official coolant of IMSA. That's Stay Frosty from VP Racing. If you want more details on that, go to the website. Uh, there's... Uh, a compound for your car. So let's uh, quickly run through what is going on. 3.58 laps completed by the number 60. It's another lead change. Number 28. 28. Wow, okay. From six cars? Yes. Yeah, six cars. Alexander Sims has dropped 1.2 seconds back. Remember, we know how quick this Acura is, particularly on its first stint on new Michelin tyres. Dan Cameron is in third. 27 seconds off the lead, so 26 and a half seconds away from second. It's the clean so far running Ac uh, Porsche 963. Then the Acura of Louis Delatraz, what a year Louis had last year, and rewarded by this Acura drive in the number 10 Connie Kamenolte car. He's another 1.5 seconds further back. Augusto Farfus, 43, make that now, 43 seconds further back in the remaining. BMW in contention, that's the number 24 car. And the two Chip Ganassi Cadillac Racing VLMDH cars, Scott Dixon and Earl Bamba, separated by 17 seconds, that's the top seven. And how many of those are still on the lead lap? All, are they all still on the lead lap, just yet. Scott Dixon had to do the drive through for the. Uh, fuel hose being attached but the leader was pitting at the same time so fortunately for them didn't drop off the lead lap by the way the recovering Porsche number 7 has now got Matt Campbell behind the wheel they had to go in and change the hybrid kit kit's not a good hybrid bundle I'm calling it I think it's reasonable all kinds of stuff in there uh dropped some laps behind the wall uh, have completed 3.42 to the 3.59 so it's that uh, 17 laps in arrears in LMP2 it's the Paul Center still in the lead Nico Lapierre going to drive it until somebody tells him he can't and then he'd probably argue with them to be honest in the PR1 Matheson Motorsport wins car. Second is the Proton Competition, number 55. Third, now the silver and black, the sort of uh, start or sunrise car. Francois Perodo back in the AF Corsa car. He started that car, of course. Top six made up by Eric Lux in the number 35 TDS racing car. The other TDS car out, I'm afraid, after that uh, impact with the wall earlier on uh, fifth position for them and six for the 0-4 that is the crowd strike machine and at the moment that has got Esteban Gutierrez behind the wheel LMP3 
been an interesting battle this. It's gone back and forth. Sean Creech Motorsports. At the moment, that is Joao Barbosa behind the wheel. And Martin Short in here for a part of the early part of the race. Here spectating this year. Martin Short of Rule Centre, who gave Joao his brick. Took them to Le Mans as well. And Joao's had a cracking career. Still leading from the number 17 AWA car. Duquesne, Thomas Murrell behind the wheel of that car. And that gap's remaining pretty constant. Uh, it has been pretty much since uh, each of those two took over the, the, at the respective wheels of their cars at the last round of pit stops about a dozen or so, so laps ago. So Thomas Merrill, who's uh, he's been driving in Trans Am cars the last several years, he won the championship last season uh, at the last possible second by, by on a tie-break, a number of wins, I think oh, wow. it was, over Rafa Matos, who'd led the championship most of the year and, and was involved in the incident. On the uh, in the final race, and uh, after that happened, Thomas Merrill had to score maximum points, and he got all sorts of points for all sorts of different things. But he managed to do it, got tied on points, and won the championship. It was a, it was a real uh, come from behind effort. But Thomas Merrill is a very talented young man. He's he's bronze rated, which is remarkable. I'm not sure yeah. how he's managed to keep that going, but uh, he's taking full advantage. He gets his opportunities as well. and takes full advantage of him. He's a really good driver. Continuing our VP. In race updates, McLaren 720S, Marvin Kerkhofer. And the number 70 Inception car is the best of the GTs. Ahead of the GTD Pro leader, Heart of Racing Aston Martin, Roskun, cycle back to the front of that. Third GT is second in GTD, if that makes sense. Kenton Cook for the Court of Car, just had Mike Skeen on the fifth floor here. Andy Lally comes up next in the Magnus number 44 Aston and then Darren Turner in the number 27 Heart a Racing car making up the top six of GTs is another GTD car Daniel Morad who seems to be doing the lion's share of the driving in the darkness hours he's done a lot of driving in that number 57 Winwood car despite the fact he hadn't sat in it uh, until until the race. That's a good point. Knows uh, the team, but hasn't yeah. done the GT3 with them. That's your VP Racing Fuels in race update with the with Stay Frosty, the official coolant of IMSA. Find out all the details about VP's products for your car. It's not just about fuel with VP. Find out all the details and where you can pick them up with your local stockist on the VP website. Another update in an hour. 362 laps completed by our leader. That's Colin Brown behind the wheel of the Acura ARX 06.